Good evening. I hope you've had a great day today. Welcome to BBJ's Bedtime Stories. My name is Big Voice J, and this is the show where we get you ready for a good night's sleep with public domain short stories that you're familiar with but you haven't heard in a while. Links to tonight's stories are found in the show notes at bedtimewithbvj.com. Tonight's story... The Little Red Hen The Little Red Hen was in the farmyard with her chickens when she found a grain of wheat. Who will plant this wheat? she said. Not I, said the goose. Not I, said the duck. I will then, said the Little Red Hen, and she planted the grain of wheat. When the wheat was ripe, she said, Who will take this wheat to the mill? Not I, said the goose. Not I, said the duck. I will then, said the little red hen, and she took the wheat to the mill. When she brought the flour home, she said, Who will make some bread with this flour? Not I, said the goose. Not I, said the duck. I will then, said the little red hen. When the bread was baked, she said, Who will eat this bread? I will, said the goose. I will, said the duck. No, you won't, said the little red hen. I shall eat it myself, cluck, cluck. And she called her chickens to help her. And... Listen here, is if you have an opportunity to help, do so. Be it volunteering or pitching in where you might be needed, or at the very least, don't even wait to be asked. Volunteer, step up, jump in, pitch in, and do it and you can get all the spoils afterwards. And you won't have to watch some chicken eat her own bread. That's not good for anybody. What is good for anybody is a good night's sleep. We ought to do something about that. I'll let you know. Our next story is Hans the Hedgehog by the Brothers Grimm. There was once a countryman who had money and land in plenty. But how rich soever he was, one thing was still wanting in his happiness. He had no children. Often when he went into the town with the other peasants, they mocked him and asked why he had no children. At last he became angry, and when he got home, he said, I will have a child, even if it be a hedgehog. Then his wife had a child. That was a hedgehog in the upper part of his body, and a boy in the lower. And when she saw the child, she was terrified and said, See, see, there thou hast brought ill luck on us. Then said the man, What can be done now? The boy must be christened, but we shall not be able to get a godfather for him. The woman said, And and we cannot call him anything else but Hans the Hedgehog. When he was christened, the parson said, He cannot go into any ordinary bed because of his spikes. So a little straw was put behind the stove, 
and Hans the Hedgehog was laid on it. His mother could not suckle him, for he could have pricked her with his quills. So he lay there behind the stove for eight years. And his father was tired of him and thought, Oh, if he would but die. Did not die, however, but remained lying there. Now it happened that there was a fair in the town and the peasant was about to go to it and asked his wife what he should bring back with him for her. A little meat and a couple of white rolls which I wanted for the house, she said. Then she asked the servant, and she wanted a pair of slippers and some stockings with clocks. At last he said also, And what wilt thou have, Hans my hedgehog? Dear father, he said, do bring me back pipes. When therefore the father came home again, he gave his wife what he had bought for her, meat and white rolls. Then he gave the maid the slippers and the stockings with the clocks, and lastly he went behind the stove and gave Hans the Hedgehog the bagpipes. And when Hans the Hedgehog had the bagpipes, he said, Dear father, you go to the forge and get the cock shod, and then I will ride away and never come back again. On this, the father was delighted to think that he was going to get rid of him, and had the cock shod for him, and when it was done, Hans the Hedgehog got on it and rode away, but took swine and asses with him, which he intended to keep in the forest. When they got there, he made the cock fly onto a high tree with him, and there he sat for many a long year, and watched his asses and swine until the herd was quite large, and his father knew nothing about him. While he was sitting in the tree, however, he played his bagpipes and made music which was very beautiful. Once a king came traveling by who had lost his way and heard the music. He was astonished at it and sent his servant forth to look all around and see from whence this music came. He spied about, but saw nothing but a little animal sitting up aloft in the tree, which looked like a cock with a hedgehog on it which made this music. Then the king told the servant he was to ask why he sat there, and if he knew the road which led to the kingdom, and if he knew the road which led to his kingdom. So Hans the Hedgehog descended from the tree. <clears throat> so Hans the Hedgehog descended from the tree and said he would show the way if the king would write a bond and promise him whatever he first met in the royal courtyard and promise him whatever he first met in the royal courtyard as soon as he arrived at home. Then the king thought, can easily do that? Hans the Hedgehog understands nothing, and I can write what I like. So the king took pen and ink and wrote something, and when he had done it, Hans the Hedgehog showed him the way, and he got safely home. But his daughter, when she saw him from afar, was so overjoyed that she ran to meet him and kissed him. Then he remembered Hans the Hedgehog and told her what had happened, and that he had been forced to promise whosoever first met him when he got home to a very strange animal which sat on a cock as if it were a horse and made beautiful music, but that instead of writing that he should have what he wanted, he had written that he should not have it. 
Thereupon the princess was glad, and said he had done well, for she would never have gone away with the hedgehog. Hans the hedgehog, however, looked after his asses and pigs, and was always merry and sat on the tree and played his bagpipes. Now it came to pass that another king came journeying by with his attendants and runners, and he had also lost his way, and did not know how to get home again because the forest was so large. He likewise heard the beautiful music from a distance and asked his runner what that could be, and told him to go and see. Then the runner went under the tree and saw the cock sitting at the top of it, and Hans the hedgehog on the cock. The runner asked him what he was about up there. I am keeping my asses and my pigs, but what is your desire? The messenger said that they had lost their way and could not get back into their own kingdom, and asked if he would not show them the way. Then Hans the hedgehog got down the tree with the cock and told the aged king that he would show him the way if he would give him for his own whatsoever first met him in front of his royal palace. The king said yes, and wrote a promise to Hans the hedgehog that he should have this. That done, Hans rode on before him on the cock, and pointed out the way, and the king reached his kingdom again in safety. When he got to the courtyard, there were great rejoicings. Now, he had an only daughter, who was very beautiful. She ran to meet him, threw her arms around his neck, and was delighted to have her old father back again. She asked him where in the world he had been so long, so he told her how he had lost his way and had very nearly not come back at all, but that he was traveling through a great forest. The creature, half hedgehog, half man, who was sitting astride a cock in a high tree and making music, had shown him the way and helped him to get out, but that in return he had promised him whatsoever first met him in the royal courtyard, and how that was she herself which made him unhappy now. But on this she promised that, for love of her father, she would willingly go with this Hans if he came. Hans the hedgehog, however, took care of his pigs, and the pigs multiplied until they became so many in number that the whole forest was filled with them. And Hans the Hedgehog resolved not to live in the forest any longer, and sent word to his father to have every sty in the village emptied, for he was coming with such a great herd that all might kill who wished to do so. When his father heard that, he was troubled, for he thought Hans the Hedgehog had died long ago. Hans the hedgehog, however, seated himself on the cock and drove the pigs before him into the village and ordered the slaughter to begin. Ah, but there was a killing and a chopping that might have been heard two miles off. After this, Hans the hedgehog said, Father, let me have the cock shot once more at the forge, and then I will ride away and never come back as long as I live. Then the father had the cock shod once more, and was pleased that Hans the Hedgehog would never return again. Hans the Hedgehog rode away to the first kingdom. There the king had commanded that whosoever came mounted on a cock and had bagpipes with him would be shot at, cut down, or stabbed by everyone, so that he might not enter the palace. 
When, therefore, Hans the Hedgehog came riding thither, they all pressed forward against him with their pikes. But he spurred the cock and it flew up over the gate, in front of the king's window, and lighted there. And Hans cried that the king must give him what he had promised, or he would take both his life and his daughter's. Then the king began to speak his daughter fair, and to beg her to go away with Hans in order to save her own life and her father's. So she dressed herself in white, and her father gave her a carriage with six horses and magnificent attendants together with gold and possessions. She seated herself in the carriage and placed Hans the hedgehog beside her with the cock and bagpipes, and then they took leave and drove away. And the king thought he should never see her again, He was, however, deceived in his expectation, for when they were at a short distance from the town, Hans the Hedgehog took her pretty clothes off and pierced her with his hedgehog skin until she bled all over. That is the reward of your falseness, he said. Go your way. I will not have you. And on that, he chased her home again, and she was disgraced for the rest of her life. Hans the Hedgehog, however, rode on further on the cock with his bagpipes to the dominions of the second king to whom he had shown the way. This one, however, had arranged that if anyone resembling Hans the Hedgehog should come, they were to present arms, give him safe conduct, cry long life to him, and lead him to the royal palace. But when the king's daughter saw him, she was terrified, for he looked quite too strange. He remembered, however, that she could not change her mind, for she had given her promise to her father. So Hans the Hedgehog was welcomed by her and married to her, and had to go with her to the royal table. And she seated herself by his side, and they ate and drank. When the evening came and they wanted to go to sleep, she was afraid of his quills, but he told her she was not to fear, for no harm would befall her. And he told the old king that he was to appoint four men to watch by the door of the chamber and light a great fire. And when he entered the room and was about to go to bed, he would creep out of his hedgehog skin and leave it lying there by the bedside, and that the men were to run nimbly to it, throw it in the fire, and stay by it until it was consumed. When the clock struck eleven, he went into the chamber, stripped off the hedgehog's skin, and left it lying by the bed. Then came the man and fetched it swiftly and threw it into the fire, and when the fire had consumed it, he was delivered, and lay there in bed in human form. But he was coal-black as if he had been burnt. The king sent for his physician, and washed him with precious salves, and anointed him, and he became white, and was a handsome young man. When the king's daughter saw that, she was glad. And the next morning they arose joyfully, ate and drank, and then the marriage was properly solemnized. And then the marriage was properly solemnized, and Hans the Hedgehog received the kingdom from the aged king. When several years had passed, he went with his wife to his father and said that he was his son. The father, however, declared he had no son. He had never had but one, and he had been born like a hedgehog with spikes and had gone forth into the world. 
Then Hans made himself known, and the old father rejoiced and went with him to his kingdom. My tale is done, and away it is run to little August's house. Well, isn't that something here? You know, when you get set up, maybe hitched to uh, somebody, obviously you'll stop at, you know, what you see on the surface, but maybe, just maybe, you can look beneath the surface and see what else is going on down there. And it might freak you out as well. Maybe you should go on Match.com. They've got all kinds of people just looking for some romance like our little hedgehog friend. Enter BVJ in the promo code and it will do absolutely nothing because this is not a sponsored read. We'd like to tell you that we are everywhere, even on your smart speaker. Just say, hey, smart speaker of choice. Play BVJ's bedtime stories. Or play bedtime stories with BVJ. And if everything is set up correctly, it should work. If it doesn't, let me know. BigVoiceJ at gmail.com Our final story. The Sagacious Monkey and the Boar Long, long ago, there lived in the province of Shinshin in Japan a traveling monkey man who earned his living by taking round a monkey and showing off the animal's tricks. One evening, the man came home in a very bad temper and told his wife to send for the butcher the next morning. The wife was very bewildered and asked her husband, Why do you wish me to send for the butcher? It's no use taking that monkey round any longer. He's too old and forgets his tricks. I beat him with my stick all I know how, but he won't dance properly. I must now sell him to the butcher and make what money out of him I can. There is nothing else to be done. The woman felt very sorry for the poor little animal and pleaded for her husband to spare the monkey, but her pleading was all in vain. The man was determined to sell him to the butcher. Now the monkey was in the next room and overheard every word of the conversation. He soon understood that he was to be killed, and he said to himself, Arborous indeed is my master. Have I? Here I have served him faithfully for years, and instead of allowing me to end my days comfortably and in peace, he is going to let me be cut up by the butcher, and my poor body is to be roasted and stewed and eaten. Woe is me. What am I to do? Ah, a bright thought has struck me. There is, I know, a wild bear living in the forest nearby. I have often heard tell of his wisdom. Perhaps if I go to him and tell him the strait I am in, he will give me his counsel. I will go and try. There was no time to lose. The monkey slipped out of the house and ran as quickly as he could to the forest to find the boar. The boar was at home, and the monkey began his tale of woe at once. Good Mr. Boar, I have heard of your excellent wisdom. I am in great trouble. You alone can help me. I have grown old in the service of my master, and because I cannot dance properly now, he intends to sell me to the butcher. 
What do you advise me to do? I know how clever you are. The boar was pleased at the flattery and determined to help the monkey. He thought for a little while and then said, Isn't your master a baby? Oh, yes, said the monkey. He has one infant son. Doesn't it lie by the door in the morning when your mistress begins the work of the day? Well, I will come round early, and when I see my opportunity, I will seize the child and run off with it. What then? said the monkey. Why, the mother would be in a tremendous scare, and before your master and mistress know what to do, you must run after me and rescue the child and take it home safely to its parents. And you will see that when the butcher comes, they won't have the heart to sell you. The monkey thanked the boar many times, and then went home. He did not sleep much that night, as you may imagine, for thinking of the morrow. His life depended on whether the boar's plan succeeded or not. He was the first stop, waiting anxiously for what was to happen. It seemed to him a very long time before his master's wife began to move about and open the shutters to let in the light of day. Then all happened as the boar had planned. The mother placed her child near the porch as usual while she tidied up the house and got her breakfast ready. The child was crooning happily in the morning sunlight, dabbling on the mats at the play of light and shadow. Suddenly, there was a noise in the porch and a loud cry from the child. The mother ran out from the kitchen to the spot, only just in time to see the board disappearing to the gate with her child in its clutch. She flung out her hands with a loud cry of despair and rushed into the inner room where her husband was still sleeping soundly. He sat up slowly and rubbed his eyes and crossly demanded what his wife was making all that noise about. By the time that the man was alive to what had happened, and they both got outside the gate, the boar had got well away. But they saw the monkey running after the thief as hard as his legs would carry him. Both the man and wife were moved to admiration at the plucky conduct of the sagacious monkey, and their gratitude knew no bounds when the faithful monkey brought the child safely back to their arms. There, said the wife, this is the animal you want to kill. If the monkey hadn't been here, we should have lost our child forever. You are right, wife, for once, said the man as he carried the child into the house. You may send the butcher back when he comes, and now give us all a good breakfast, and the monkey too. When the butcher arrived, he was sent away with an order for some boar's meat for the evening dinner, and the monkey was petted and lived the rest of his days in peace. Nor did his master ever strike him again. So the moral of the story here, always look useful. You're in the office, walk around with a clipboard, or walk around with one of those phone things in your ear. Always be closing in your head. You'll be indispensable. You're welcome. You have any stories for me to read? Do you have any comments or questions you'd like to have answered? And you can email me, bigvoicej at gmail.com. Remember to give us a review on the iTunes. iTunes likes that when you give it a review. 
even if you do nothing else. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>